Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon uh, here as always with uh, my co-host Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. What's up, Silky Smooth? Hello, Jeremy. That's, that's what you got. Right, you got a signature okay. when you come in. I love okay. it. Okay. Okay. I've been messing that up a little bit, uh, like on the timing with the... Uh, with the little beat that comes in yeah no you got that down (laughs) anyway man well uh yeah this is uh the live to walk again podcast you can listen to us anywhere that you listen to podcasts you can listen on spotify on apple Podcasts, tune in podbean wherever you want to go uh we're we're there you can also uh get us on instagram at live to walk again uh yeah, our you can Twitter, find, you can Twitter find Jeremy is, on the gram. Twitter is uh, what live to walk one, the number one. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah or you could find we're out there and we're on Facebook. You're on, you're live on to walk the, again. You're on Twitter as well. Yeah, I'm my personal. I'm personally on Twitter and yeah. there's the live to walk again. So yeah, and you guys should all get, get at Brandon. Us. Yeah, get at get at us. Ask us some questions, whatever you want to know. Uh, but yeah, we're the, today, Brandon. Um, I actually recorded this podcast uh, or the interview a week ago or maybe a week and a half ago. Um, and it's this young woman named Lucy Dodd who has something. Um, she's uh, paraplegic, but she has some, she had something called spinal AVM, mm, which I had that? never heard of before. And it stands for art. So it's spinal arteriovenous, arteriovenous malformation. And that is an abnormal tangle of blood vessels in, on, or around the spinal cord. And it's super rare. Wow. And she was... Born, and you're born with this? Um, I don't know if it develops. I think she mentioned one way or the other. But you just don't know until it, mm. like, flares up so much that that it makes it so, like, she had gone to college. And that's when it, like, flared up on her, like, her freshman year of college. Dang. So... And so um, then this causes, um, basically that, you know, you just like slowly lose functionality, lose function of your, of your lower limbs Shit, and stuff. Man. And yeah. So, and they did some this, surgeries and this world's it, wild, man. Yeah. Like you just never know. Exactly. Exactly. But she's doing very cool things, man. Um, she, she's a big, uh, I called her a, uh, an exoskeleton advocate because okay. she's, uh, she got to get up at one of the uh, in the rewalk exoskeleton, and then was able to raise like all them because you know insurance doesn't cover those for right you know some unknown reason. And yeah, so she was able to raise the money to you know she put together some fundraisers and stuff, and and raised the money to buy her own. So now she has one, oh. um, which is awesome. And yeah, she's a, so it's it's cool, man. She's a it's a very interesting uh very interesting interview. But uh, I just wanted to get. I had that. I've been working on that word for the uh, ar- artery. I know arteriovenous. Um, That's a hard one. Yeah, it's it's a pretty tricky one. But yeah, man. So we'll get we'll get to that. We you know we did have uh, our our good friend Willie Frank on the last on the last uh, episode, which doesn't really have a lot to do with uh, spinal cord injury research. Yeah. Um, but I just thought. Yeah, but we, we have shine, a venue, man. Hey, we we shine the lights on on whoever wants to get on the on the podcast, and yeah, we'll talk about anything. I mean, we we keep it within reason. Um, we can tie it back. I mean, uh, any way you'd like to, but 
uh, especially with Willie. You know, he's a longtime friend, so yeah, <clears throat> he, he's running for uh, chairman of the Nisqually tribe, and so we we thought we'd give him a platform to at least put his message out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then you know we've had a couple of uh, episodes with with Kaizen Bickle over the last uh, month or so, so it's like we're, we're definitely getting back into it now, man. Into, <laughs> Is this podcast even about spinal cord injuries uh, I anymore, know, right? I know, we are, man. That's our main we, focus. We're digging so. deep, though, in the next couple episodes. Yeah, so. we're, we, have some, we have some cool guests coming Stay up. Stay tuned. Stay with us. Definitely Don't do give it. Up. Definitely do it. Maybe you might find that stuff entertaining. I don't know. I mean, like, this is such a, a niche podcast where, you know, um, we're – talking to a very specific group of people so maybe um it's nice to reach out to other people in general but then we can they can maybe get hooked on the podcast then they start listening and they're like oh like what's this spinal cord injury stuff about then we're you know bringing awareness to people outside of it also right i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with that yeah i like it man I like, yeah, I mean, and, and things like, I feel like we got, you know, we got quite a few comments about the the thing with uh, Peter Nygaard, with, with, Kai, mm. with Kai's dad. What do you mean, comments? Just, like, people hit me up on Instagram, like, man, that was crazy, oh, or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, it was a wild story. I mean, uh, we have a, a, a weird connection to, like, a crazy story, right. and so why, why not use that to, you know, give Kai a platform? to talk about his story, but then also highlight this podcast in general um, yeah. and bring eyes and ears to the spinal cord community, spinal cord injury community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of fathers and sons, um, I did want to, um, uh, something I forgot to mention in the Eddie and Chris Canales episode. Yes. Um, I just wanted to point out, man, that I thought their relationship was very, like they, it reminded me a lot of my yeah. relationship with my dad, especially yeah. early on and after my accident and like just how, you know, there Eddie is for Chris and like, they just seem like they have a great relationship and it reminded me. Yeah, you should me. have talked about that. I know, man. I didn't even, I, I thought about it and then I, I decided to start making uh, more in-depth show notes Dude, uh, before that's we, smart, Before Jeremy. we come on. Because, so. you know, I just come in here and just wing it, man. So yeah. I'm, you're holding this whole thing together anyways. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it's and that's the thing, man. Like, we, I'll think of, like, ten things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk yeah. about this, and I'm going to talk about Jot that. Jot it down. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's going to be funny. And then, or, you know, like, meaningful, whatever. And then it's like, it's you, you'll switch, like, oh, I can't come till two now instead of 11. And I'm, like, ready at 11. So I'm blaming it on you. but Oh. Well, you can blame it on me, man. I don't care. Everybody, it doesn't matter to me, man. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just happy to be here every time, um, that I'm still invited into the Live to Walking In Studios to be on the podcast. Yeah, we're we're in here for at least one more day now that you're, uh, you're at least your younger son started back to school. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get you this uh, vac- vaccination, and then you'll have less of a chance of that's true contracting man. the Rona. Hopefully, I'm waiting anxiously. I'm we're doing really good around here. On my anyways, phone, Jeremy, yeah. like we only had 12 new cases yeah, yesterday. It's, it's very, very low probability that you're going to get it, but nevertheless, we've made it this far. Let's let's we not. We had a scare. We had a scare this week too, man. One of my caregivers like came yeah, came to work with he. Somebody else had called in sick because we had a snowmageddon here last week or yeah. over the weekend and uh so my main person or the person that was supposed to be here called in sick and so somebody else had to fill in they came in wearing a mask and uh 
you know, saying that they had a sore throat and a headache, and I was like, that's not a good sign. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a scare, too. I mean, you never know. Like, you just have to be safe. I wonder, um, speaking of Snowmageddon, are, are uh, Eddie and Chris in the vicinity of this uh, – great ice apocalypse of in uh texas or what about cory cory borner i know man i hope do you I'm, know which I'm part they're sure. from i'm not sure thinking, i think they're uh, cute from houston is yeah, that where I think, it's no it's mostly like san antonio and austin oh maybe right they're now. in san antonio though oh. so if, if they are man Damn, i hope well, you guys are prayers up to yeah. those guys and everybody is, else man. that's going through yeah, like it seems like people have been without power for three days um there's no water Jeremy right right and they that's can't, crazy there's none at the store they're gonna run out of food like they can't get the power back on because the grid isn't locked into the rest of the United States it's like yeah I feel, I'm just dude man don't mess and we with had text. we had one day where it snowed like one foot and then the next day it was like all going away <laughs> so right um, that's uh that's crazy I was trying to find this meme that uh, our guy Art Renowitzki posted and it was from uh, a disabled guy, uh, you know, somebody with a spinal cord injury that said something like uh, pro, he does pro crip, uh, pro crip uh, messages of the day or something like that. And uh, which like, I'm like guessing crip? like cripple, oh, <laughs> not wow. like cripple. That's what I thought at first too. I'm like, what the hell? And then, it, but I'm pretty sure it means cripple. Like they think they're meaning crippled, um, yeah. crippled tip of the day or something. It was like no tip. Yeah, I can't find it, but it said something like no, no tip. Uh, just thinking of all the disabled people in Texas that have Dude. no heat and no water and are probably dying right now. Crazy. I was like, damn, man. I mean, imagine, so <clears throat> imagine being an able-bodied person and you're panicking because, you know, you don't have any way to heat yourself. You don't. You're running out of water. They're telling you to boil water because the water that's available has been uh, poisoned from it's contaminated from sitting in the pipes or something. Yeah, or or pipes have burst. And so then it gets contaminated by things getting into the water. Um, and then now you have to rely on other people mm-hmm. to take care of you. And psh, man, man. Yeah. That's a, uh, yeah, so definitely prayers out to, yeah, thoughts to and prayers to Texas everybody in right Texas now. dealing with that. Um, hopefully you guys are making it through, but, uh, yeah, well, let's get to this interview with Lucy and, uh, it's, it's really, it's a good one, man. I, I had a good time talking to her. So, uh, without further ado, here is Lucy Dodd. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are lucky enough to visit with Lucy Dodd, who is a T8 paraplegic and an exoskeleton advocate. Uh, Lucy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm glad we were able to, to make this work being on, uh, on different continents and everything. So yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah I'm, I'm excited for you to kind of tell your story to everyone. So um, for anybody that doesn't you know, follow you on social media or anything like that, can you um, I know you had a condition called spinal AVM and I don't want to butcher what AVM stands for. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead and uh, and describe that and then um, how you, I guess, eventually uh, were, were wheelchair bound. Sure. So um, as you said, I had a spinal AVM, which stands for arteriovenous malformation. Um, I guess the best way to explain it is probably like a, 
a, like an aneurysm. It's a tangle of blood vessels, um, you know, that deprives the spinal cord of blood and oxygen at the level which it occurs. So, you know, from below that level, um, you're, you're essentially paralyzed. Um, so this was a condition that was apparently something that I was born with. Um, but didn't really manifest itself until I was 18. Um, I just started university and was having a whale of a time just meeting new people, um, making friends, just like really enjoying my new independence that I've got um, and was completely oblivious to this condition um, that was, you know, going to dominate my life, really. Um, it kind of started uh, with weakness in my left leg. I found myself tripping up a lot at uni um, and you know a lot of my friends would think it was like a jar a, a joke a, a laugh I was just you know being a buffoon and, oh you, you know you've had too much alcohol you know come on pull yourself together um, but you know in my mind I knew I hadn't you know I wasn't drunk and I you know it was the middle of the day and you know I was struggling with my balance and things and I it scared me a bit I suppose but I think I was just trying to push it to the back of my mind because I just wanted to carry on with life at university and not really have to worry about something that was, you know. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of knew something was, was potentially serious, something was going on, but I was a bit, probably a bit too scared to, to find out what that was about. Um, you know, I pushed it to the back of my mind and tried to carry on as much as I could with the rest of that term. It was, it was Christmas time. Um, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'm going home for the Christmas holidays. I'll worry about it then. I'll get it checked out. Just, just carry on as normal. Um, so I did that. Essentially, I went home and my parents were really shocked to find out how poor my mobility was. But I was really struggling at that point to get around. Um, I started using some crutches and to try and help me walk a bit. Um, and we went to some doctors and had some scans and tests. And they eventually diagnosed me with this, this ABM. Um, and yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of a bombshell really he didn't really know what it meant what the future was going to hold and um where we sort of went from there and I think that the doctors themselves were a bit baffled it, it was kind of a, a rare condition it, it occurs in the brain if it if it occurs anywhere normally and I say normally it's it's a really rare condition it, it's um sort of less than one percent of the population um so I yeah I just didn't really know what to do I wanted to go back to uni but my mobility was was really not great um I decided to go back but you know after a couple of weeks I just I couldn't do it I had to quit university and and sort of come back home um I yeah I spent a lot of time at home with my parents you know trying to speak to doctors about what we do how do we how do we treat this and like I said they were a bit unsure it seemed like dangerous territory for them really because they thought the problem was at the front of my spinal cord and that they couldn't really operate safely to do that you know any sort of operation to remove it because they'd have to move like my heart and my lungs and it was all way too complicated so they kind of sat on it for a bit and tried to consult with guys over in America actually um about how they could treat me and obviously I was getting worse at this point uh, I was pretty much confined to a wheelchair um, by that time um, so about a year passed um, and then a doctor finally said you know what we're, we're just going to give it a try it's there's no guarantee it's going to be exploratory surgery but we'll try and remove it so that's what happened um, back in 2004 
um you know I put my faith in these doctors and and said do what you got to do to get it out and um thankfully they did so there was no chance of it you know rupturing and and causing you know catastrophic kind of damage but um it did make me sort of worse off to a certain extent because I lost a lot of feeling um from my left side down you know before the operation granted I couldn't move my legs very much but you know I could feel I had sensation but sort of after that point um it left me a little bit worse off um and they kind of said great you know we've got it out from their perspective it was it was a success um but there was no guarantee that I would ever get back any of the mobility that I'd lost or any of the you know sensation that I'd lost um after the surgery and like I said that was back in 2004 and it's pretty much you know there's been no improvement and um you know I'm accepting of that you know this this is how life is now and um it was just time to kind of make the best of it and and get on and just carry on with life so um that's kind of what I've done since (laughs) So yeah, that that's a that's a, a really uh, I mean that's a unique story from anything that we've we've had on the podcast up to this point, which I'm thankful that you're willing to come on and tell tell that story to us. Um, you know, so normally with you know with a spinal cord injury, um, you know it's like a catastrophic thing. You get a car accident, you get you know a gunshot wound, something like that, and so you you go to the hospital and you you get to kind of learn how to deal at least on a on a small time frame basis on, on how to deal with with moving a wheel you know using a wheelchair uh you know occupational therapy physical therapy things like that so were you able to i mean because you you had this um th- this spinal avm that you um were you able to kind of do this those things i mean were you able to get kind of the training on how to like deal with being in a wheelchair um, kind of get yeah, into it. yeah kind of a bit of both I mean yes and no um before I had my surgery they tried to do a bit of rehab with me but it was never really going to be successful because the problem was still there and you know gradually getting worse so any therapy that they were trying to do was really not making an impact whatsoever so they kind of discharged me mm-hmm. from you know therapy services so to speak and um I I had the operation, you know, sometime later, and like I said, it left me slightly worse off. But you would have thought at that point, you know, it was it was better to go in with some more rehab then, and just you know, perhaps try and gain some strength and you know come to terms with the the new situation. But I was, yeah, it wasn't a great time. I was kind of left just discharged from the surgery to just get on with life. <laughs> Wow. Um, which was which was pretty tough you know I everything I've kind of learned about a wheelchair is you know through me trying to figure it out myself really um, I, I didn't really have a lot of support you know there wasn't a lot of kind of social media stuff at that time um, at least that I could find um, you know in terms of groups and support so I just kind of battled my way through it and and kind of tried to pick things up myself really yeah wow yeah and then that's that is one of the the benefits of, of having yeah, I mean even now like I'm I, I was injured in 1998 so you know like the the amount of community now that, that there is out here on social media is is great and that's how I mean that's how I came across your story um and you know that that's the main reason I wanted to talk to you because I'm I'm super fascinated by these exoskeletons um 
And so when were you first um, introduced to the, because you have a rewalk, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I have a rewalk. Yeah, um, there's quite a few out there. So you probably, you might have seen some other devices that are pretty similar. But um, yeah, the rewalk is the device that I kind of chose to trial, really. Um, kind of linking back to your point, you know, it was more through a social media thing. The increase in, in those kind of videos, conversations, et cetera, happening um, is really how I stumbled across it. Um, I saw a clip of a guy using it. I, ca I can't really remember when or where, but... Um, just came across a clip and thought, wow, that's really cool. And, you know, oh, I'd love to do that. But it seemed quite new technology. And I thought, how the, you know, how am I going to do that? How am I going to make that happen? I, you know, I don't think this guy was even in the UK or, or possibly even the US. I don't, I think it might've been somewhere like Israel or somewhere like that, where the device actually, I think was first designed. Um, so I kind of, I saw it and thought, wow, yeah, great. But then I think, you know, I just kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and thought, you know, I'll do some more research, see what happens. Um, you know, I'm not going to rush into it and, you know, I'll, I'll just see, you know, technology is going to develop, you know, it might be more um, accessible a few months, few years down the line. And I think that's then again, when I did see it again on, on social media, I saw another video and this time it was um, a woman called Claire Lomas. Um, she's based here in the UK. She also has a spinal cord injury. Um, and she used a device to complete the London Marathon, um, which was absolutely incredible. So 26 miles in this device, you know, paralyzed from the waist, I think from the chest down. Um, and I just thought, she's here in the UK. There's got to be a way that I can, you know, follow this up. So, um, yeah, I found out the device she was using, which was obviously also a rewalk, um, and just Googled it, went onto their website, found them, and, you know, it said, get in touch if you want to, to trial the device. So that's exactly what I did. Um, didn't think I'd, you know, hear anything quite so soon, um, but it was, you know, a matter of days, and they came back to me and said, oh, yeah, great, sure, we can, we can do that. We just need you to go through some sort of medical questionnaires. Um, and we'll see about getting, getting you trialing the device. Nice. And what year was that in that you, you first? So that was 2017. So towards the end of 2017, around December, 2017 was when I actually got to try the device for the first time. Uh, yeah. And that's what I'm, I was wondering, um, what was that experience like just being able to, I mean, you're like probably what, 13 years on in, in dealing with this, uh, this injury at that point like what what was that like being able to stand up and kind of walk on your own with the with the uh with the help of that exoskeleton do you know what people ask me this all the time and it's so hard to put into words because it it's such a unique experience it's really hard to describe but I guess the best way is just to say you know absolutely ecstatic like you're so happy and you know really really emotional because my family were able to come to the test session with me and it was just the simple thing of being stood up next to my mom and my dad at that same height you know looking at them in the eye without you know craning your neck really up to the sky to have a conversation and look at them and just to be able to hug them standing up it sounds so silly and it's perhaps quite a small thing that many people take for granted but that you know that absolutely meant the world to me um it was yeah really really emotional that's that's amazing that's really cool um 
you know, I was going to uh, say like, so I know that you were, you, so once you had tried this out, you were like, I need to get one of these and you started a fundraiser. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, talk about that. And I know you, you hit the goal uh, uh, last year, maybe in, uh, in 2019. So you know, talk about that and, and, you know, like the, I guess the generosity of people to, to help you get, um, to be able to get this uh, rewalk exoskeleton. Yeah. So, you know, had the, the trial session and it was kind of a bittersweet thing because in a way, I think part of me wanted it to not go so well because I thought, you know, at least then that put to rest and, you know, I don't have to worry about trying to find, it was 80,000 pounds um, was, was the cost of the device at the time. Um, you know, so part of me was thinking, oh, actually, I hope it doesn't go so well because then, you know, I don't have to worry about it and, you know, fine. And then another part of me was like, you know, but what if it does go really well and then I really like it and, you know, how, how am I going to do this? Um, and, you know, it, it did. For me, it, went, it was a great trial session. You know, I was aware of the cost, um, but there was never any real pressure to be, you know, you know, buy this device, come on, you know. Um, the guys are great um, at Rewalk and they just kind of left it in my court, you know, knowing that I didn't have a, you know, a, a legal claim, you know, like a, a case that was going through court, you know, where I could get some compensation, you know, I came about my injury, you know, through biological means, you know, I, I had no real kind of access to any significant funds. So, you know, they, they were aware of that and just kind of said, you know, well, we're here, um, you know, this is how much the device costs, we'll, we'll try and help support you in, in what you want to do um just let us know and at that point you know I I kind of told him he's like I'll do it you know I'll get that money um I was determined to do it so um I set about um speaking with my friends I had some really great support from my friends and family um and we just came up with this plan you know we needed to kind of build a website um just get my story out there, tell, tell local media, tell anyone that would listen, you know, that, that this was the goal for me, this was my dream. And kind of as the com company motto says, it's like, it's, it's more than just walking. And for me, it, it, it is, it was, you know, and it is more than walking. Um, it's got so many other benefits. And I, you know, I wanted to help people realize this um, and, you know, see the bigger picture. So, um, yeah, we just started brainstorming ideas and, you know, all my colleagues at work were fantastic as well. We did like cake sales to start with and, you know, tried to ramp it up a bit. And I organized like um, a local auction. So I contacted loads of businesses and said, look, hey, would you be willing to donate things? I'm going to hold this evening and try and raffle off some of these prizes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the culmination of all the efforts came, um, I think it was March 2018. Um, I decided I wanted to do something a bit, you know, a bit of a challenge um, because I didn't want to just rely on people giving me money. You know, I wanted to be part of that process. I wanted to, you know, make it a challenge and, and um, not just solely rely on people to give me money for, you know, not really doing anything. Um, if that makes sense so I decided I was going to do an abset um, and it was down a really really tall building um, 
near uh, near the coast near me and um, I managed to rope in 30 other people so friends and family and work colleagues and we did this sponsored abseil down this building which was absolutely terrifying but um, we did it we raised sort of 10,000 pounds from from that alone um, and by chance um, a charity here in the UK kind of saw my my fundraising efforts saw, saw what we did um, and offered to pay the rest of the money um, to buy the device. So I kind of raised about £60,000 myself. Um, and then this charity said, you know, here's the rest. Um, oh, that's amazing. Which was absolutely incredible. You know, I'd never met this charity, anyone from this charity. And, you know, even sort of all all the stages up to that point you know people were so incredibly generous um I I still pinch myself you know I, I've never met half of these people but you know they were so generous to give me some money and and see what I was trying to achieve and I'll forever be grateful for that you know that there are no words to say you know thank you just never seems enough um but these people have changed my life 100 percent oh that's a, that's beautiful that's really great um, I was going to bring up uh, you, back probably 40 episodes ago or so, we had um, a woman on named Marcella Marignon, who uh, on her, oh, yeah. her, her Instagram handles The Journey of a Brave Woman, and she talked, yeah. that, and that was one of the reasons I had reached out to her, because I wanted to uh, learn a little more information about these exoskeletons, and you talked about um, just like the other health benefits other than just being able to get, you know, stand up and, and walk a bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, talk, talk about like some of the other things that, you know, I mean, I would probably with like uh, circulation and things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. how, how has your health improved, I guess, since getting this, uh, getting this exoskeleton? I think it's improved from my perspective massively. Um, you know, a lot of spinal cord injury people take a lot of medication to kind of help them get through you know daily activities and and just everyday life and you know I found myself taking an increasing amount of pills you know tablets and it just I didn't want to do that I I saw this as an opportunity this device as an opportunity to help you know improve my health and potentially come off some of those medications um you know a big thing for me is and probably you know a lot of people is, is a circulation point of view you know my legs are, are constantly cold you know they're blue they're purple they swell a lot and even more so in summer um just because you can't walk around and get that circulation you know right. going so um for me this device I really hoped um would improve that and absolutely it has you know whenever I'm in it the second I get out of, and you know and I've done some walking my legs are pink they're warm you know my feet are even sweating from you know having been in the shoes and walking around and that's something that never happens so um you know it sounds silly it sounds like a small thing but it, it makes a massive difference and it's you know so many other things as well like a lot of people with spinal cord injuries have problems with their bladder and their bowel function um again this device can help improve that you know there's there's been some studies and um some sort of commentary from other users saying, you know, how it, it's decreased their, um, the number of UTIs, the urinary tract infections they get. Um, it's helped, you know, in terms of um, 
regularity of their bowel movements and not having to rely on medication. Um, and it's a really good workout. You know, when you first start using it, you, you get really out of breath. You just, you don't realize um, how much you, you, you are kind of, you know, getting your circulation moving, getting your heart rate up, getting that cardio, cardiovascular activity going, which is, you know, definitely beneficial. Um, um, yeah, I, I read also that you um, had named named your exoskeleton Rodney. Um, <laughs> yeah. where, where, where did that, is, is that name uh, of significance? Uh, no particular reason. I just kind of, uh, he looked like a Rodney, so I, I ran with it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, how, and so how often are you able to, to get up in and use Rodney and, uh, and walk, you know, do you do this every day or? Um, I think realistically, um, for me, every day is not achievable. I'd like to say I, I would use it and can use it every day, but I'm still at a stage where it's it's still quite new for me. Um, I have been able to to learn to walk independently. You know, I'm not relying on somebody sort of holding me um, to stabilize me anymore. But it it is still new. You know, I am still a bit wobbly and. Um, you know, I need those kind of people around me at the moment still to kind of, you know, for a confidence thing more than anything as well, really. Um, but uh, the pandemic's also kind of put pays to a little bit of the activity that I'd like to do. I was using it about three times a week. I'm kind of down to about twice or, or just once a week at the moment, oh. um, just because, you know, the global climate with the, with the pandemic and everything. Yeah, um, that was going to be my next question was how, how is that yeah. being able to use it and, and train with it and stuff, I guess. So. I think because I, like I say, I'm at the stage where, you know, I'd like to be able to say I can walk independently outside and go all over the different terrains. That's the goal. hundred percent. That's the goal mm. right now. I'm obviously not quite there. Um, so, you know, perhaps if I did have that bit more independence, I, I could probably go out and use it a little bit more, but I'm reliant on other people and, and having that, indoor space um when the weather's bad which is it was a bit of a challenge um at the moment obviously given the, the pandemic and not trying to mix too much inside so um yeah probably like once or twice a week at the moment but you know that that's for me that's better than nothing at all and and I'm still seeing the benefits from that so that that's really good gotcha gotcha um so I wanted to know also, um, I meant to ask earlier, what were you able to, so like once after the surgeries and stuff and, and you kind of settled in and, and, you know, dealt, were dealing with your, your life, you know, being wheelchair bound, were you able to go back to school or, um, did you, yeah. did you, were you so able to finish up? I decided, um, I was going to go back to uni and finish my degree, uh, it, you know if that was that meant doing it in a wheelchair and and you know trying to figure out different you know ways to access the education and, and get to the lectures and stuff then so be it um so yeah I did I went back to uni and you know I'm pleased to say that I did I finished my degree and uh, I went on to do a, another degree afterwards as well for my sins so um it was um it was down to having such great support such, such great friends at university you know friends for life now really but um I couldn't have done it without their support and the support of the university as well the staff there were were amazing and kind of welcomed me back with open arms so that made the whole process a lot easier that's great that's great I'm so glad that you're able to, to go back
Um, and, you know, and then finally, I guess, you know, usually I ask people in, you know, that are dealing with paralysis or wheelchair bound, like what, um, you know, over the years, have you found any kind of health tips or, um, you know, any, anything that you take like supplement wise that you could offer up to, to other people dealing with, with this stuff? Um, do you know what, not necessarily in the, in terms of health supplements, um, because I think probably people's needs are, are very different, you know, from individual to individual, but, um, just the, the benefit of, being able to get out and move so you know even if it's just to push across the street um you know particularly in this current climate you know when when everyone's kind of having to stay at home the importance of just getting out and just getting that bit of exercise you know um no one really kind of warned me about you know diet and you know trying to maintain a healthy diet and you know perhaps weight gain that would come you know with being in a wheelchair and you know, I, I did, I have, and I, you know, still do battle, that, you know, trying to be a healthy person and maintain a healthy weight. So definitely the importance of just being able to get out, get some fresh air, just stay as active as you can, because that's only going to help you, you know, later in life, just try and keep what mobility you've got going um, is definitely a, a, a kind of a rule that I live by. That's, that's very cool. Um, yeah. And I bet the excess, speaking of losing weight or, you know, like keeping, keeping a, a healthy weight, like I bet the exoskeleton probably helps a lot. Yeah. That. You know what I have, I've actually managed to lose a, a lot, uh, quite a bit of weight since using it. So, um, like I said, it, it's a, a good old, good old workout for the whole body. So, uh, another health benefit. And when did you, uh, I guess the other, one other thing I wanted to ask you is when did you actually get uh, Rodney? What, what, was that in 2019? Uh, no. So I think it was 2018. So I finished my fundraising. Um, yeah, 2018. So like March time. And then the, the charity that offered me the rest of the money um, to pay for the device that came um in March 2018 and then I, I took delivery of the device you know six eight weeks later okay and then I was gonna ask yeah like I was gonna ask how long after you were able to get the money together before they had it ready so it's because yeah, they, really they build it specific to your your yeah stuff so I think it's kind of like it's a generalized device but you can um you obviously as part of your training and you know the setup of that trial session they take your measurements and and it's adjustable you know there's there's bolts there's brackets that they can move to make it longer or shorter etc so um it's it's kind of like a, a, a standard device if you like but um yeah they tweak it to you to obviously fit your measurement your, your body shape your body size Oh, that's very cool. Well, Lucy Dodd, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day and staying up, uh, you know, to do this, uh, do this Zoom call with me. Um, you know, keep up the good work. I, I really love watching your, uh, your Instagram videos of your of walking around and stuff. Those are, those are so cool. And I'll link, I'll link to your uh, social media pages when I post the podcast. But thank you so much for, for doing that and kind of putting yourself out there for other people to be able to see and and uh you know kind of dream no problem that's great i mean i really appreciate you uh taking the time to to speak with me too it's um it's been great awesome well we'll uh we'll talk soon and uh yeah Definitely. thank you again thanks very much see you soon all right <clears throat> all right so that was lucy dodd um
Yeah, she, Brandon, I just feel like if you need a little pick-me-up, that's a good interview to listen to. She was, uh, I know you haven't heard it yet, but uh, it was good, man. She's, yeah, she's just a positive person, and, and I had a lot of fun uh, speaking with her and talking about, like, you know, the the benefits of get, being able to get up and move around with an exoskeleton. Yeah, we've we've talked about that several times on this podcast and alone, yeah. um, just having the ability to have that blood flow mm-hmm. um, and the movement and uh, creating the strength um, that that comes with. Yeah, you, you would the, think that that would be something that the insurance companies would want to pay for because the healthier somebody is, like, you know, the less you're going to get sick and the I less I mean, I think an insurance company is probably thinking, like, the sooner you die, the better. Probably. That's like probably the, not. Then you don't have to, we don't have to pay for this guy anymore. That's, right. that's probably a, I can a see bleak that. way of looking at the world, but I don't I really see that. <clears throat> know how, you know, we have those things are for-profit entities. Right. And Give you as little as possible. So yeah, that. man. I mean, uh, yeah, you would think that having someone more healthy like in theory would be better in the long run but i think i don't know man but anyways i'm glad that she got one and that's what's important i'm glad she brings the energy yeah um and a positive outlook and is spreading that message through our platform and then also wherever else she can carry it um because we know the benefits we've we've done several podcasts on the exoskeleton itself in fact didn't we have someone on the podcast that was a developer of one of those um, maybe I know we talked to Marcella Marignon, who um, is the journey of a brave woman on Instagram and everything. But she like was she uses hers like all over the world, so um, she travels with it and stuff. But I yeah, I think we may have Jeremy. Talked to... We had you can edit this out if you have to. Okay. We had a gentleman I think maybe from like Valparaiso on oh, the podcast. You're, you're right. You're right. You got all right. You got me, man. And I'm pretty sure he was not o- yeah. like not only like a, uh, a proponent of it, but a developer of the exoskeleton. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I think you're you're right though. I don't think you're right. You are right. You got me, Brandon. Yeah. Congratulations. Don't delete this out then, because <laughs> I need to hear that. Uh, well, anyway, you can you can check out uh, Lucy on instagram at lucy's robot legs which i thought was a cool uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fire a cool, uh, <laughs> instagram to handle um and she's on twitter and stuff i'll post all those links with the podcast but um yeah next week brandon i, I just interviewed a woman yesterday a doctor from the university of washington dr fatma inanichi about a new study that our good friend Davin since we were kids uh, who's a UW alumni sent to me and it's basically um, about them a non-invasive kind of uh, electrical stimulation study that they're doing and one guy who could barely you know move his hands it's all about trying to to trigger the the upper body to moving and a guy that could barely use his hands at the outset is now playing guitar dang yeah crazy that's pretty cool man um unfortunately they're not doing it on in uh they're only studying incomplete injuries right now so i did not qualify but i i tried to to volunteer i was going to use that joke from half baked i was going to be like oh uh there's too many my (laughs) when dave Chappelle uh is talking about 
um, using the medical marijuana from the hospital or whatever. He's like, he's like, oh, I'll be your guinea pig. My 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 grandparents were in the Tuskegee experiments. And I was just like, I don't hey know. man, that's not even one like I remember. Oh man, that always jumps into my head when people are like, oh, you want to volunteer? I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be your guinea pig, no problem. Well, I know but, that you're like first in line for a lot of these right now you're like hey man what do i got to lose at this point yeah seriously seriously um but yeah man and then the another thing i have in my show notes brandon uh, I, I saw um on our shared uh amazon prime account that um you had some wooden spoons in the in the cart and i just want to know if you're finally uh, going to start beating your kids <laughs> were they big or were they small oh, they look big man i don't know look like you were gonna whoop the man, kid's ass with one i think that was sheree no she doesn't use my it's you and you and carmen only that's bro that's it you guys are the only ones with Dang, the password man that's that's love right there yeah you're the real one man ah uh, <laughs> man these kids dude they get too much oh man it's like i was telling you it's true. It's too much. It is. It is. Nah, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't break out the wooden spoon. But you know, Carmen's all about sustain- sustainability. So mm. um, you know, we got the we got the paper straws, Jeremy. Nice. We have. Well, actually, we have, I have metal, metal. We have, I have metal, metal straws. straws. I yeah, we have metal straws. Paper using. straws for if we're like traveling. Okay. Um, and we need to like go on a you know camping or something like that. We ain't getting yeah. plastic straws. Yeah, I stopped using plastic straws. But we have metal ones for the house, and you know we have bamboo toothbrush, Jeremy. So mm. when we throw those in the landfill, those don't. It's just the little things. I have an electric toothbrush. I don't know if they make bamboo uh, toothbrush heads for that. What do you do for? Uh, what about uh, garbage bags? Well, we just recycle the like paper bags. That we get from the grocery store. Oh, so you don't have, like, in your garbage can, you don't have a plastic garbage bag? No. Damn, look at you, man. Proud of you, bro. <laughs> Come Oof. on, man. We just use, uh, we get those for, anyways. All right. Well, uh, yeah, and signing off here from Jeremy and Brandon, the environmental warrior. Uh, <laughs> we my part, man. Yeah, man. I like it. Uh, well, we'll be back next week again with, uh, Dr. Fatma Inanichi, and um, I just want to thank Lucy Dodd one more time for uh, taking some time out of her day. We, you know, she's over in the UK, so we had to do some coordination with that. But uh, yeah, please listen, rate, review, share this podcast. We would uh, love to hear back from you if you have any feedback. Again, you can get us at Live to Walk Again on Instagram, Live to Walk Again on Facebook. Hey, Live I, to Walk 1 on I, Twitter. Yeah, I just want to uh, point out that it was episode 12, um, May 2nd, 2019. We had Dr. Goldfarb on. That's right. And um, it was Vanderbilt, not Valparaiso. I knew it started with a V. Okay, good for you, Dang, man. we just done so many, man, but... So this is 80. This is 80 right here. Yeah, he's so. the director uh, for the Center for Intelligent... Uh, Mechatronics at Vanderbilt University. That's right. Exoskeletons. That and remember, right. he, I mean, he was really concerned about the cost and all that stuff. But yeah. um, we should follow up with Dr. Goldfarb and see what kind of progress they've made over there. I like it, man. Yeah, we'll have to do that. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you all next week.